Play Today podcast. I'm Bethany Francis. And I'm Alicia Lubin. We're two broads living abroad, broadcasting from Santiago, Chile. We explore Chilean news, cultural topics, travel, business, and more. The Chile Today podcast is the first ever bi-weekly English-speaking Chilean news podcast. To learn more about the news topics you'll hear today, check out chiletoday.cl and enjoy quick updates from around the country on Instagram at Chile Today News. If you enjoy the podcast, please subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Also, if you're feeling generous, rate and review us and share our episodes on your Instagram stories. If you'd like to hear about a certain topic, have a story to share, or would like to ask a question, contact us directly through Instagram at Podcast. Changed up the inflection there at the beginning, and <laughs> it just sent us off. It set us off. <laughs> I have to change it up. I feel like people are going to get tired of of my voice if I don't change it up a bit. I worry about that too, but then also I'm like, what if it's their first time listening, and we're just like, <laughs> if, if it's your first time listening, folks, it it doesn't get much better than this. Also, good luck. Yeah, this is a, a very serious uh, Chilean news podcast. Um, Full of very professional insights. Right. We both have uh, doctorate degrees in journalism. In Chilean journalism, right. specifically. Specifically Chilean journalism. That means we don't have any degrees. We, yeah, we're free balling it. We, our balls are free. We do do research, though. We do thoroughly oh, research oh, our yes. topics. So our topics, if you're new here, are thoroughly researched. They're just presented by two people who have no idea what's going on. Yeah, exactly. And it's been a long quarantine, so a lot of things are pretty jumbled up. Right. I don't know what happens when. I just like read the news from the thoroughly researched people, like our producer podcast, Pinguino, who's a live penguin. Um, and then he corrects me when I do something wrong because he's a researcher. He's very, very smart. He is very smart. He stops us sometimes, and it's, it's helpful. Yeah, it, it is helpful. Sometimes it's annoying. How are you doing, Beth? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I'm grumpy today. I can Jesus. I mean, like, you have coffee. I know. You had some snacky snacks. You had Dr. Pepper. I did. God. Thanks, I Chaos had Club. A, uh, thank you, Chaos Club. Thank you, Alicia. I got here today, and Alicia was like, so would you like to drink some coffee, water, and Dr. Pepper? And I have, like, some, like, tea. And I'm like, excuse me? Go, go, go back to that one you just said. Dr. Dr. Pepper? And I'm like, uh, girl, how dare you even start with anything that wasn't Dr. Pepper? Yeah, mistakes were made. Yeah, I forgive you. Thanks. See, I'm not that grumpy today. Well, so anyway, how are you doing? How's, how's everything going with you? I'm doing good. Um, I got vaxxed, so I feel a little bit... More relaxed? More relaxed, but... Vaxxed and relaxed. Vaxxed and relaxed. But we're back in quarantine, which we're going to tell you guys a little bit about. So, you know, just staying positive. Girl, how are you doing that? Mm, What drugs are you taking? I've been, like, I don't know. I have all these things in my office where I track different daily habits, and that's how it's kept me on track. I need one of those. Like, did you shower today? Check. Did Mm. one of those? Or am I just being weird? Uh, so wait, so are you keeping one of those journal things that were, that took, like keeps you on track that's like, I took a shower today, I took my pills, I ate, ate, or is it like a real, like, something else? It's just a board, like a white board, and then I write down five goals per day for the week. My standards were way lower. Did you shower today? <laughs> Did you drink water? 
No, one Have of them is drinking enough? enough water and like the okay. other one's reading. And if I can cross off those X's, I feel so much better at the end of the day. And then I know that like I'm still staying like somewhat mm-hmm. on like a good path. But also if I have days where I'm just tired, I'm really lenient and gentle with myself because it's a really weird time to be alive. It's a weird time to be alive. I feel like the light at the end of the tunnel keeps flashing at me and it's going to give me epilepsy because it's like, oh, I can see it. No, wait, where'd it go? Oh, I can see it. No, wait. I'm like, wait, am I having a stroke? What's happening? Like, are we going to ever get out of this? Who can say? One thing, though, that gives me a little bit of hope is that the U.S. is functioning more normally than it has in a while. And I've been listening to some US-based podcasts and they're saying like, you know, this is the life after the pandemic. So they're really transitioning. And I think back to when the pandemic truly started in Chile, it was a bit after the US started getting its infection. So I think we're just a couple months behind is what I keep telling myself to be happy. I think we're just a couple months behind the US. So maybe two or three months, we'll be able to go back home and visit our family and friends. And I do think it also depends where you live, how you live. I mean, I know that people who are vaccinated in the US are very much getting things back to normal, but I have looked at the numbers and it's saying like unvaccinated people percentage-wise are still getting just as sick. Like if you're unvaccinated, you're just as much at risk right now in the US, but it's like, that's kind of on you, right? That's at that point, that's that's, that's on, on the you. individual and their decision. And, yeah. Um, and that's probably going to happen, but I, I'm, 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 I'm hopeful. I'm glad you're hopeful. I need to be around people that aren't like in a, a despair pit of, of wallowing, such as myself. Hey, welcome to the Too Late Today podcast, where you're getting your positive energy. Okay, speaking of positive energy, let's, let's update you on news. Okay, so we have a COVID update. Speaking of positivity, yeah. um, all of the Santiago Grove metropolitan region is back to phase one yeah, um, in an attempt to keep some of the cases down and empty up some beds in the hospitals. There's still the mobility pass. You can acquire this mobility pass after you've been 14 days after you've been vaccinated, um, mm-hmm. according to gob.co. And you can move pretty freely within your commune, commune zone, in your zone, Comuna, Monday through Friday, but you still have to comply with the curfew and safety measures. So if you want to get that and you've got your, your, um, shots, then you can go to mevacuno.gov.cl. That's M-E-V-A-C-U-N-O dot G-O-B dot C-L. And on, on gob.cl, you also now have a new section where you can access information to help protect your mental health, which I think is super that cool. That is super cool, yeah. Um, so the government is recognizing that, like, yes, this is super heavy. So if you are somebody that needs a pick-me-up or needs some free resources, go ahead and head over to gob.cl slash saludablemente. I'm going to just spell that. S-A-L-U-D. A-B-L-E-M-E-N-T-E, and you can get some um, links and hopefully find resources that can help you. Yeah, and we are not, I'm going to mention stuff, we are not um, sponsored by Talkspace, but Talkspace is a website that you can get a therapist online, and it's really affordable Like for like every... Um, every price range and there's people who specialize in different kinds of things there's several websites like that I just Talkspace is the first one that came to my brain face so um, if you are 
if you're somebody who's seeking help and you're in Chile and you can't find somebody who can speak English or if you're not in Chile and you just don't have access to a good therapist and you have special issues that you need and you don't have insurance, you know, head over to like Talkspace or there's like several more. Um, you know, everybody's got to take care of the mental health in these days. And if you are in Chile and want to find an English speaking therapist, some great resources you can find her on Discover Chile and you can type in search and just type in like therapist or English speaking therapist and there's a lot of great recommendations on there. Also, if you have insurance, um, the majority of people that I've talked with um, you're like researching therapy, they accept your insurance or they can give you boleta and you can get reimbursed quite a bit on Right, depending your on your reason. So if you have, that's private health insurance, right? So I have public health insurance, they don't cover that. But anyway, like I said, talk space, all the price ranges. So yeah, check that out. Awesome. Yeah. Um, so I have some uh, some criminal news. Ooh, dun, 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 dun. An escaped criminal. So on Tuesday, June 8th, human rights organization Londres 38 denounced the fact that Walter Klug, 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 Klug. Rivera, a former intelligence officer and army general under the dictator, the, the capitalist dictator Augusto Pinochet, had left Chile and was in Argentina awaiting a flight to Germany. Um, Klug, 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 has a German passport, and as Germany has no extradition treaty with Chile, he could theoretically avoid prison time in Chile by relocating to Germany, which they thought was his plan. However, an international warrant for his arrest has been issued through Interpol, but before he could escape, da, 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 he was apprehended in Argentina and sent back to Chile. So, Klug was convicted by the Supreme Court in Chile for his role in the death and disappearance of 23 Chileans who worked for the energy company Endesa, during Pinochet's years. He was sentenced to 10 years and one day in the infamous Punta Pueco prison where human rights violators serve their terms. Klug has thus far managed to avoid prison time because in 2015 he fled to Italy. There he was arrested and extradited to Chile in 2020. In an interview with El Desconcierto, lawyer Patricia Parra, who was involved with several cases against Klug, Blames Chilean authorities in charge of investigating human rights violations, explaining Klug's initial getaway. Quote, he was convicted in 2015 for the Indesa case. She said he was a member of the military intelligence service in 1973 and has been pointed out by political prisoners as a man who took pleasure in torturing them and physically, phys both physically and psychologically. According to Parra, authorities did not understand Klug's flight risk well enough and they could have avoided the situation if they simply sentenced him to preventative detention. The Socialist Party, one of the opposition parties in Chilean's Congress, wants the government to explain how it is possible that a convicted criminal can evade his prison sentence not once but twice. Quote, Today we learned that the person escaped to Argentina and is waiting for a flight to Germany where he cannot be extradited, they said in a statement. Quote, We demand that the Ministry of Interior explain to us why a person convicted of crimes against humanity can leave the country undetected. Yeah. Wow. If you saw pictures of this bro, he looks evil. He looked real angry, too. Like, when I put my cats back in the room and they're being bad, he was like, oh, I'm pissed I got caught. Yeah. Oh, my God. He looked so evil. And it's, it's which reminds me, yesterday, uh, I think presidential candidate um, Daniel Jadwe was asked, like, what do you think about the fact that some of the right wing say that you don't support 
democracy because I was from the Communist Party. And he was like, um, the current president has human rights violations out against him. So I'm not going to comment on that. And I was like, girl, damn. It was pretty epic. Yeah, so that's what I gotta say about but that. But they got him. They caught him. They caught him. He's uh, back in Chile, so hopefully he'll actually go to prison this time. Can you imagine? In the 70s, and he's not in prison yet. Oh, right. Gross. Okay. We have some runoff election results for you. Mm-hmm. Chileans in 13 of the country's 16 regions voted on Sunday, June 13th in the second round of the regional elections. It was yet another marked by low turnout. Competing right-wing candidates lost the elections except for the Araucania region. In the metropolitan region, center-left candidate Claudio Orego won. It was the first time Chileans could vote on the regional governors, whereas before the government appointed them. But enthusiasm was hard to find on voting day. In the second round of the regional elections, nationwide, less than 20% of the electorate cast their votes. The lowest turnout was seen in the Antofagasta region with little over 12%, while more voters participated in the metropolitan region with over 25%. Low turnout or not, the results came in around 8 p.m., and again, the right wing suffered a defeat in nearly all regions where it competed. Only in the Araucania region, a competing right wing candidate won the elections, while the electoral regions turned out in victory for especially center-left parties. Many watched the elections in the metropolitan region, the most densely populated region in the country, with the most economic activity. The second round there turned into a clash between Chile's old and new left, with Claudio Rego from the Christian Democrat Party as winner, obtaining 52.71% of the votes. In the polls, the inexperienced Karina Oliva from the, board, from the Broad Front Alliance was projected as winner, and in many, and in many of the lower-income municipalities in the region, she obtained the majority of the votes. However, Orego managed to get more votes in uptown municipalities such as Las Condes, Vitacura, and Lobarnachea, where turnout was two to three times more higher than the poorer parts of the region. In the Araucania region, right-wing independent candidate Luciano Rivas beat his opponent, Eugenio Tuma, from the PPD, becoming the only right-wing candidate to obtain a victory this Sunday or last Sunday. In the Biobio region, traditionally a right-wing stronghold, UDI candidate Flor Luis won only 28% of the votes with Rodrigo Diaz becoming the new governor of the southern region. Also in the Arica region, the Atacama region, and the Maule region, center-left parties won with 57.66%, Miguel Vargas Correa with 59%, and Cristina Bravo Castro with 57.32% respectively. While further left alliance, Broad Front won in the Tarapaca region and the Coquimbo region, um, which was Jose Miguel Carvalho, Gariardo, wow, um, sorry, and with 57%, and Crist Naranjo Peñalosa with 61.96%. This is such an interesting election to me because... So, the metropolitan region, they voted for Orrego, which is not really what... I mean, like, he's right, but he's not, like, Chile Vamos right. Like, he's not extreme right, right? He's not extreme right, right? Right, right. And it's interesting to see how maybe presidential elections would be so much different because the country itself has different need. I mean, it's like states, right, in the U.S. I mean, I know that's pretty, like, gringo-centric to say, but, you know... You might have a presidential election, 
but that president doesn't necessarily represent every individual state and what politically, right? So there's more conservative states and there's more like leftist states. And it's kind of like shown that here in Chile where except for the metropolitan region in Araucanía, which is a different situation, it's mostly left that the, the Chilean people want. So it's, it's really interesting. And also, like, here in the metropolitan region, it was close. It was a close, like, what was it, like, 49 to 50? It was super close with the election. So it's very interesting. I'm very interested to see how the presidential election shakes out. It's going to be... It's going to be intense. Wow. It's going to be intense. And also, I, I kind of liked the attitude of the election in the metropolitan region yesterday. Both of the candidates seemed really, like, they had a very positive attitude like, sometimes the candidates come out and be like, well, fuck the, this side, because then we're going to change all the things, and then Venezuela and United States and stuff, and it didn't seem like that. I didn't get that impression yesterday. I got an impression that, like, both candidates really want to try, no matter where your political spectrum is, because, hey, we all have one. Both candidates have the best for Santiago in mind. I don't know if that's their ideas are gonna work the best for Santiago but they I, if I feel like that their perspectives might be different but their hearts are there I think so well let's see what happens anyway we might be like two episodes from now and be like oh my god <laughs> oh my god but hey uh that's things hey I'm gonna talk about the sun uh what you're talking about the sun you want to talk about the sun? I love the sun. Uh, speaking of the fact that the sun is here and it's the middle of winter, if you're new to Chile, it should not be this warm this time of year. But anyway, so there are solar projects coming to Chile. So the U.S. private equity firm EIG, Global Energy Partners, on Tuesday inaugurated Latin America's first thermal solar plant, a project in Chile's sun-drenched Atacama Desert in the, in the South American nation, uh, hopes it will smooth its path to low-carbon future. Wonderful. Uh, the striking Cerro Dominador, uh, one for, one for, what? $1.4 billion project was announced in 2013, which would use technology allowing the storage of the sun's heat to generate electricity for hours, including at night, unlike traditional photovoltaic solar or wind-powered plants that were produced only while the sun is shining or the wind is blowing. So, I guess, can collect energy even when the energy's not really there. Wonderful. We'll be very, like, <laughs> eco-friendly as we're there melting. There go. Right, right. Uh, Chilean President Sebastián Piñera, in a speech at the plant called The Project, quote, an enormous contribution to the development of our country and the quality of life of our people. Chile, with bountiful sun and wind, has pledged to use its renewable advantage to phase out coal-fired power by 2040 and be carbon neutral by 2050. The Cerro Dominador project aims to bridge the gap following the removal of coal plants, helping to supply Chile's grid with power at times when the wind and the sun cannot. Financial setbacks during the construction phase have hampered its competitiveness, but Cerro Dominador CEO Fernando Gonzalez told Reuters, Routers, I never remember, the company was confident it would nonetheless meet targets. Quote, of course, a plant that has hopes to build in three years and then take six years has a financial impact, Gonzalez said. 
The return on investment is lower than initially thought, but we were working to revive it to sign new contracts to sell additional energy that we did not have contracted. The project will produce a total of 210 megawatts of clean energy. I don't know what that means. Enough to supply more than 300. Oh, this is what it means. Enough to supply, <laughs> <laughs> enough to supply more than 380,000 homes in Chile, according to the government and company stats. Cerro Dominador was built by a consortium between Spain's Abengoa and Acciona Energy Firms with financing from LIFE Program of the European Union and CFUA of Germany. <laughs> That's what it says. Chile's development agents in Corfo and others. Okay. Uh, don't you feel just a little bit brighter? I feel better about it. I mean, I'm 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 all in here. More more power to the people, get it? Oh <laughs> uh, Okay, sorry, I'll stop. Alright, um got some news about glaciers <gasps> for everybody. A recent bill to protect glaciers and their perimeters has been weakened. The modifications were made after the Codelco pressured Congress. Environmentalists argue that this puts Chile's glaciers, which are already at a higher than usual risk, risk of melting away completely and Whisk. even more danger. Whisk. They're whisking them away. Um, glaciers store about three-fourths of the planet's freshwater supply. As such, they are an important environmental feature and resource. Over the past few weeks, a bill regarding the protection of glaciers in national territory has been working its way through the Senate. The bill originally forbade any kind of intervention in any glacier, with the threat of jail time for breaking the law. It also included not just the glaciers, but also the areas surrounding them and their ecosystems, which has included paraglacial, paraglacial environments and permafrost. And also, they're beautiful. Like, the glaciers here are just, like, mind-blowing. Um, the National Copper Corporation, the Codelco, C-O-D-E-L-C-O, however, claimed that 40% of its output depended on its work in areas near glaciers, especially in the Andina, El Teniente, and Salvador mine operations. After Codelco's intervention, the bill's protections were limited to glaciers themselves and not also to their perimeters. So, like, that would mess up essentially the ecosystems in their perimeters because mm -hmm. like nothing's living in the glacier besides maybe i don't know what lives in ice bacteria maybe some yeah some dead dinosaurs Lots of penguin um, and the bill was let's see so the bill was modified to provide that for activities taking place place in the paraglacial environments projects would have to be analyzed to prove that nearby glaciers would not be impacted so basically they're like hey like as long as you promise that the glaciers won't be impacted, you can... As long can... as you promise. This is an honor system. It's an honor system. Just pinky promise, um, and it's fine. And it's fine. Uh, environmental organizations claim that the bill is now just a false front for the protection of glaciers. In conversation with Radio, University, Radio Universidad de Chile, the spokeswoman for the Glaciers Defense Territory Coordination, Maria Jesus Martinez, said that the bill doesn't protect the glaciers' ecosystem. It proposes a fragmented vision of what an ecosystem is. Because on one hand, it establishes an apparent protection to certain glaciers, and on the other, it legalizes the defenselessness of the, of the glacier environment and the permafrost. As reported by El Mantrador, Senator Guido Giardi, 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 of the Mining Committee of the Senate disagreed. He defended the modification, claiming that the bill is one of the toughest and most demanding regulations on the planet to protect glaciers. Before, there wasn't any protection, so it's hard to understand the <laughs> criticism. <laughs> Since with this process, glaciers will be protected for the first time in Chile. 
And that added, the paraglacial areas also have high standard of protection. During the discussions of the bill's reach, an article was published by the Geology and Civil Engineering Department from the University of Chile, along with the Mining Technology Advances Center, showing that the glaciers in the central zone of Chile are absorbing more solar energy, which increases their risk of disappearing. So the Senate should vote on the modified bill within the next few weeks. So hopefully, you know... I want to listen to the scientist lady. Yeah, I want to... Science... Science. I'm going to go science. I'm going to go science on this one. Yeah. Um, But also, like, the guy's, like, the whole idea that's, like, so this hasn't existed before, so because it hasn't existed, the fact that it exists now... Makes it the best. Makes it the best. The absolute best. That's not... If you're the only... Like, it's like having the only person that's ever tried to have the world record for, I don't know, the tallest mountain of pickles. It's like, congrats that you did that, but nobody else has tried to do that. Mountain of pickles? Yeah. Have you ever built a mountain of pickles? I mean, yeah, obviously. I have the world record for the biggest <laughs> mountain of pickles. I probably do. If you've taken all the pickles I've eaten in my life, I love pickles. She really does. Like, we put them out. That's the oh, first thing Oh, they're gone now. They're, they're gone. gone. She put them out. They're but gone. oranges are still there. I mean. The cucumbers. The pre-pickles. Oh, yeah. The baby pickle. Wait. Yum. What? Uh, yeah, so. pickles? Okay. Okay. Hell? <laughs> okay, so you talked about glaciers. I'm going to talk about the sea. So we're talking a lot about environments today. This is our which, water. This is our, yeah, this is our frozen water we've now melted. So there's um, ideas for more protection to the high sea. So with more than 41% of its waters already covered by marine protected areas, which are MPAs, Chile has proposed creating a high seas MPA on the Salas and Gomez Nazga ridges, two underwater mountain chains that stretch 2,900 kilometers across the southeastern Pacific and host some of the ocean's greatest biodiversity. The idea was introduced by President Sebastian Piñera at a virtual climate summit held by President Joe Biden in April. So as long as glaciers are underwater and don't affect mining, it's okay. It's okay because you Uh can't monetize those. Right. So Pineda said it's not enough to protect only national waters, known as the exclusive economic zones, especially considering the global call to protect 30% of the ocean by 2030. Less than 1% of the high seas are currently protected by MPAs, most of it within nearly 2 million square kilometers Ross Sea Area in the Antarctic, you know, Ross from Friends, that it's named after that. No, I don't know. Countries want to move much faster by creating a global treaty for the high seas, currently being negotiated under the UN Convention Law of the Sea, UNCLOS, UNCLOS. Uh, Waldemar Kutz, Waldemar Kutz, okay, Director of the Environment of Oceans at Chile's Foreign Ministry said... While the South Pacific Regional Fisheries Management Organization, it's quite a mouthful, will be engaged in the process, the UN High Seas Treaty currently under negotiation is meant to include an international body which will oversee the long-term management of the MPA. Alex Munoz, head of the National Geographic Pristine Seas for Latin America, again, mouthful, question, why can't it just be like the sea organization, the organization? For this, yeah. <laughs> Sorgan Ocean and Okay. Okay. 
questioned the unilateral nature of the announcement, with Chile not including neighboring countries such as Peru and Ecuador. Setting up an MPA will now require intense diplomatic work between all the countries in the region. So what's, why, what's the importance of this area? Ocean experts grouped under the coral reefs of the High Sea Coalition, again, so long, have long been advocating for the MPA on Salas and Gomez and Nazca ridges, isolated by the Humboldt currents and the Atacama Trench. The area has more than 110 seamounts with unique ecosystems. Nearly half the species found there live nowhere else. Uh, quote, it's an oasis in the middle of the Pacific, and there's still so much to discover. Every time we go there, we find so many new things, said Carlos Gaymer Garcia of the marine conservation expert from Chile. Hey, that's nice and concise. From Chile and part of the coalition, we need to protect the area. There's a lot of fishing around it, and there is an interest over future mining exploitation. Oh, no. So the area has been identified as a prime candidate for the conservation by numerous international organizations. In research last year, Pew, that's what it's called, <laughs> highlighted 10 sites around the world that would help safeguard biodiversity beyond national waters, with the Salas and Gomez and Nazca ridges being of them. Liz Caron, head of the High Seas Project, Pew, said the ridges also offer refuge to migratory species like leatherback sea turtles and blue whales, which go to the area to breed. Quote, it's not the mountains itself, but how important they are to the endemic species living there. She added, if created, the area would connect with existing MPAs in Chile's EEZ's exclusive economic zones to the east and the west. While it wouldn't be able to tackle the impacts from climate change, it would support ecological resilience and address the direct impacts of human activities um, on marine biodiversity. Quote, it's the kind of bold proposal that ocean des oceans desperately need as they confront the pressures of climate change, at least says Spear, director of the International Oceans Program at the National Resource Defense Council, <sighs> including oceans high level... Uh, oh, uh, including oceans at a high-level climate summit, um, shows real leadership by Chile. Um, this treaty was started in 2018, and they're hoping that this will um, help managing the waters by 2025. So we have politicians who are starting to get along, and maybe get some ideas that can help Chile move forward. We have a solar project. We have bills to protect the sea. And there's I people you. that, you know, are keep holding the government and the mining companies accountable for, you know, the the work that they're doing around the glaciers. So I, I see like progress. I mean, yeah, we might actually progress before the world totally implodes from pandemics and climate change. Yeah. Maybe we'll actually reach... Uh, carbon neutral by the time we're all extinct. Wouldn't that be exciting? Excited? <laughs> Wouldn't that be excited? We would have been excited, but well, we were we gone. We would have been excited. Hey, Alicia. Hey, Bethany. Uh, do you like trivia? I love trivia. If you know me, which you do, because I do. we've been here doing podcasts for over 33 hours of years. podcasting. 33 yeah, years. 33 years. Older than what we are. Yeah. Uh, you know I love trivia, and I used to host trivia nights back in the before times. So, 
I have an idea. What's your idea? Uh, we're going to do a virtual trivia night. Ooh, virtual trivia. Tell virtual me more. Tell me more. Night. Okay, so we're going to host a virtual trivia night. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've just already looped you in on this, so you're just going to accept it. On July 30th. Okay. And people can win prizes. It's going to be great. From anywhere in the world? From anywhere in the world. So we'll figure out how to hook up people with prizes. So um, how do people connect? Okay, so people are go- you're going to connect through uh, an application called Kahoot. You can download it on your phone in the Apple Store or the Android Store. Is that a thing? The an- Google Play. Google Play, yeah, that thing. And then we're going to do a live stream, and it's going to be real fun. That sounds exciting. About mm-hmm. 8 p.m. sound good? Yeah, 8 Chilean p.m. Time? Yeah, 8 p.m. chilling time, yeah. Awesome. And is it free to join? Is it maybe? Hey, girl, it's totally free to join, but if you'd like to make a little donation to our little podcast... To uh, help us, you know... Buy more Dr. Pepper? Buy more Dr. Pepper. Then, hey, we'll take that too. Because you love us, right? Awesome. So free to join from anywhere in the world. Mm -hmm. We'll ship you prizes. We'll ship you prizes. We'll ship you prizes. And... That sounds wonderful. What a great idea. Thanks, Bethany. Yeah, I know. I just did this right off the cuff. This was not planned at all. Absolutely um, not. And Yeah, and so anyway, we, I hope you all listening will join us. Uh, you, your family, your friends, international, um, download Kahoot. We'll explain more details in upcoming episodes and on our Instagram. Oh, so I just have to go to the Instagram for more information. Yeah, wonderful. there you go. Easy. Yeah, easy. dun 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 All right, Bethany, so what is our theme for today? So we're going to talk about 10 things, I don't know if this is going to be the title, 10 things that are really (laughs) confusing about everything that's happening in the pandemic in Chile. In Chile. So living abroad during a pandemic in Chile, specifically Chile. What is confusing? What's perplexing? What makes you want to pull out your eyelashes what just really sucks yeah we're gonna talk about that we know that a lot of you don't live in chile right now so you're not experiencing exactly what we're experiencing or maybe you don't live in santiago which is what we're gonna mainly be talking about because that's our experiences but for those of you who are suffering with us this is in solidarity with you solidarity our friends you're gonna you're gonna really relate so relatable hashtag attacked What's your first one? Oh. <laughs> okay, so what's really like frustrating and confusing to me is the fact that quarantine advance, advances or the phase changes happen twice a week. So as soon as you've like got a mental grip on what the quarantine is, it changes. So for those of you who don't live here, they change on Monday mornings and on Thursday mornings. Every Monday morning and Thursday morning, you've got to be paying attention to those Chilean pages to be like, Am I in phase two? Am I in phase one? Am I going to get arrested for walking on the street in the middle of the day? Am I not? And it's twice a week. It's not even like one week so you can just get a handle on things. There's times when people send me a message and it's like Friday afternoon. I've been bebopping around on the streets and they're like, Bethany, we're in phase one. I'm like, what? It's just, it's so, it's why twice a week? Or just send it. A text message to my phone. I don't know. They have Where like they have they have earthquake alerts. Why can't they send us like? This uh, is how your life quarantine. is going to change this week. Alerts. Yeah, and then they. It's just. It's just. Come on, man. Twice a week, and it always changes. And poor Santiago Centro. Like I swear, they change. Like they literally change twice a week. 
a lot of times like it's they have changes twice a week but you don't necessarily change twice a week it's confusing i'm just trying to say i have no eyelashes anymore because i've just been plucking them out from stress so one thing I've noticed is there is a significant increase in the cost of living. And how, yeah, how has that happened? I don't understand. I'm wondering if it's because it's been more difficult for them to get products across the border or yeah, difficulty with imports. I have no idea, but I went to Leader the other day and had a set budget. Like I had my cash and had a set budget and I barely got anything for 60 mil. And I feel like yeah, you can go to other places and get groceries, but liters shouldn't be that much more expensive. Mm-hmm. And it was it felt like a it felt like a jumbo purchase to me, even more so. Um, yeah, in general, if you don't know this, people jumbo's typically more expensive than liter. Gas feels more expensive. I just it's I, I've seen an increase in the cost of living, even with basic goods like clothing, food. Uh, no, I totally agree. I have been trying uh, really hard with like my new ecological lifestyle. If you want to know more about that, follow at Green Gets Go Green. And it actually has helped with some offsets of the cost of living because I'm not buying things from Leader and I'm buying things like by weight now. So like you bring like, well, I don't bring anything. Like they come to my house. It's really cool. They come to my house and they fill up like my detergent bottles and they fill up and it's cheap. Because that detergent, things like that have gotten really expensive. Yeah. And so um, I shop a lot at um, Ecotienda Bewin. It's just, I think, at Ecotienda Bewin on um, Instagram. And they, like, come to your house to fill up. It's like a Luca 5 for an entire liter of detergent. That's incredible. Yeah. So in buying locally, I've been trying to do that too because, because cost of living has gone up so much. Got to support those BMIS, those local small businesses. So lomi.clomi.cl is where I get a lot of my fruits and vegetables. And they're all locally sourced. So, I mean, yeah, it's ridiculous. I can't do liter anymore, hardly. And so, yeah, it's... Yeah, I don't know why either. But it's the worst time for cost living to go up. It's crazy. If it wasn't already expensive enough in Santiago. For real. Um, okay, so uh, backtracking is a thing that the government keeps doing. So not only are we going in and going out of phases and going around phases, is they make rules and then like a day later they take them back or they change the rules. So we've had like two very recent instances of this. There was one time when the government like tried to shut down weekends completely, like no businesses, no transportation, nothing, 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 nothing on the weekends. And then people were like, bro what that that's impossible because people have to get groceries on the weekend some people like who sell vegetables can only sell vegetables on the weekend and so a day later they were like just kidding and so they make rules and they backtrack even with the road stops they'll stop people for a little bit and when traffic backs up they're like eh, screw it like, they you can go do through. yes i've seen that happen and you're like what do, uh, what is the point of this if you're not going to actually, I don't know, enforce the rules, why have them? You're just annoying me. The Green Pass. The Green Pass is another one. So the Green Pass, for those of you who don't know, is if you have a vac- if you have both your vaccinations and it's been two weeks after your vaccination, you would get a Green Pass to basically be able to leave your home, not your, like, comuna, your zone, but your home during the week to exercise or whatever. And now they're backtracking and saying that, like, you, 
well, originally you could leave your zone and you could travel. Now they're like, no, 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 you can't. We changed it's our mind. so confusing. And, like, I feel like... But it's so hard to follow. Yeah, and now it's like, wait, am I allowed to leave on the weekends? Because then they're like, you're not allowed to leave on the weekends. And I'm like, but wait, you said I could? You can only breathe on Thursdays. Uh-huh. You have to hold your breath until then. So don't tell anybody that we're breathing right now. It takes a lot of energy. It's so it's so confusing. And they're already talking about suspending the green thingy. The green the green cards? Green what? pass. The green pass. And it's only been alive. What? It's only been active for like two weeks. So I don't, I don't, I just, just the consistency. Consistency. I just want you to be consistent. Or just think about the consequences of the rules that you make before you make them. Like, everybody was like, don't make these green passes. It's going to be a bad idea. Don't do that. It's going to be a bad idea. And they're like, let's just figure it out. We'll figure it out on our way. That's so chilly and I can't. Another thing I've noticed is the transportation. So I'm in the market for a vehicle Me and too. there are no vehicles, are no vehicles. and if you try to buy a vehicle and say there's one on the lot if you aren't financing they'll tell you that they won't sell to you so they only want because in chile there's like a 20 percent interest on purchasing vehicles i did not know that oh it's so profoundly corrupt because in the states it's like oh, what four or five percent or lower at this point but here in chile they have these agreements with the banks it is Around 20% interest on a vehicle. Are you kidding me? That is ridiculous. Well, because Mal and I, like when I say we're in the market, like we want to buy a car, but they're just so insanely expensive because, you know, Mal's, Mal's father is is kind of is ill right now, so we wanted, once the pandemic, so we have the freedom to go visit him. Yeah. And it's just been so insane because there are no vehicles, but we haven't like gone to a dealership, but, and we, but we want to pay, like we've been saving up. So we want to, we don't want to finance cause we're millennials and you know, so that's insane. Good luck me. anyone. And uh, we had four in mind. We emailed people. They'll tell you that they have them on the lot and then you go and they're like, we don't have them, but you can put down money and reserve them. And we're like, all right, like when will they come in? And they're like, we don't know. Yeah. I've heard there's six months waiting list, three months waiting list. At the minimum. Yeah, and so then uh, no, it's I'm that's just another like a car is on my list, but it's one of those things I'm like I can't deal with it right now. It's I difficult. Can't. But on the other hand, too, there are fewer Ubers I've noticed. Also, I'm like, how how are we just? Uh, I've been liming it up recently. Lime scooters, I've been liming it up. It's super fun, and I know they're very dangerous, but. Just be careful if you're on them. I feel like if you're if, if you're on a line, just be really careful and pay attention. Don't do tandem. You might be drunk and tempted. Oh man, don't don't drink at all and be on a line. Not even one drink. They you're just no, don't do it. I've done it. I've wiped out. You wiped out. Oh, wiped the f out in front of like 17 people who I knew. Uh because I was like, I, I was like, oh, this is fine. Because it was back when Game of Thrones, it was the very last episode of Game of Thrones. And I was like, at before, the before times when you could get together with a lot of people. And we watched like on a big screen TV like, yeah. and a projector, like the very last episode. We were all drinking and having a great time. And so me and my boyfriend were like, let's go home. And we had scootered there. And I was like, this is great. And nope, literally stood on the scooter, went a foot and a half and wiped out. Still not right. as disappointing as that series finale. Still not. I think that was the best part of most people's night, was watching me wipe out on the That scooter. was the most entertaining yeah, part, part of the, the night, yeah. Oh, man. Ripped my jeans. 
It was a whole thing. Yeah. So yeah, but Ubers, it's been it's so frustrating to try to get an Uber or a Cabify or a Beat or whatever you're choosing thing anywhere. You're just like waiting, waiting and waiting, waiting and waiting. waiting. You got to give yourself at least at least twenty minutes just in case to find a ride. Yeah. It's cray. It's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. And apparently it's even worse in the center. Like, it's horrible in the center. Have you not had that experience? Oh. For another episode, I'll share my getting a ride in Centro experience, but not for this one. Oh, goodness. It's a it's a treat. Oh, man. I used to, used to live in the center. I did rides all the time. Anyway. Um, what did I write? Oh, that's not the right thing. Okay. At curfews, those are confusing because within our pandemic times, we've had a midnight curfew, an 11 p.m. curfew, a 9 p.m. curfew, a 10 p.m. curfew, not in any of those orders. It's gone like 12 to 11, back to 12, to 9, to 10, back to 11. Right now it's 10, I think. And so, but, uh, what's the term? And I also, they don't make any fucking sense. Yeah, and also now people are doing it, like, no one's obeying it. They're just, like, sneaking around. Yeah, and, no, yeah, and it, but it doesn't make any sense, the curfew. Like, what are you preventing? What are you preventing? You're not preventing people from seeing other people, because people are going to do that, and then they're just going to go home. Or, or they're gonna, spend the night. Or they spend the night. Um, it's just, it's, no, I mean, no. It doesn't, the curfew doesn't make any sense. It's restrictive and it feels very, I don't know, like... Back when I used to get grounded all the time. Yeah, it doesn't feel like it's helping anything. You know what would help? Which is my next one? Closing the fucking malls. <laughs> they did, didn't they? No, only in phase one. Right. So in phase two, I, just, I did two in a row. I'm sorry. It's okay. I'm going to, that's totally fine. But I agree. I was like, wait, I can't go to the mountains and go hiking, but no. I can go to Costa Nera Center? The parks are closed, technically. The parks are closed, yeah. But the malls are open. Well, not right now. So in phase one, but we were in phase two last week and the malls were open and the parks were closed. And packed. Like people were like sardines. Packed. No one was obeying any of the guidelines absolutely we're not. all touching the same things breathing on the same things mm-hmm. sneezing on the same things licking the same things what <laughs> no because he, the thing is i had i had to go to the doctor for like some checkups last week and uh my doctor is in the clinica arauco and clinica arauco is next to sort of in the courtyard of mall arauco and so I had to walk by it, and it was infuriating. And so to get into the clinic, because it is a hospital or a clinic, they are very much, like, strict on social distancing. So I was standing outside in a line, socially distanced, and people thought that that meant they could walk. You know how people, when they there's a big line, and they walk through you? Yeah. Walk through the line? They're like, oh, and they just used it to walk through the line. So I'm trying to be, we're all trying to be socially distanced going into this clinic. And people are walking through us instead of around the line. And I'm like, for real? We're trying to get into a clinic. Like, you don't know what these people have. Like, come on, man. Uh, Oh, so I did two in a row. So you go. Mm, My next one is maintaining friendships. And two different scenarios because here in Santiago, it used to be very enjoyable, even going to your place and having and hanging out with your group of friends. But 
a we, small group, a small too. group. But this was even before. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. And when we could have like more people, you know, and it, it, we don't have that same so, sort of social interaction. And a lot of people are on edge. And then there's like the whole thing of like discussing vaccines with people. So it's been very difficult in that sense of just having like a normal outing. And you also, if you go out with a group of friends in phase two, when you could go out to a restaurant and sit on the patio, you know, you kind of had to leave some people out because only you, four people. Only four table. people. So I feel like that could have caused some fractures. It had, if I had more than three friends, it would have been a problem. Um, but I'm also finding that friends and family in the United States are so out of touch with, with what's happening in Chile. Like, of course they are. They're doing their own thing. But when I try to explain to them, like, no, I just can't get a ticket to come back home. It's almost like they don't believe me. And the borders are closed. The borders are just closed. You can't leave. And also like, trying to explain, like, you know, I'm kind of, if I'm not 100% myself, it's because we're we're going through a somewhat different scenario than our friends back in the right. U.S. And, and, and it's been wearing on the friendships because it's just people don't understand or... Yeah, it's it's been that that's been difficult. I have a lot of anxiety about that. If you're listening from the US, like please try to know like it is so different here and what we're allowed to do. Like you're you're lucky to see one other person that you're not living with a month or every other week or that you're lucky to. And that's usually because you have to sort of toe the line. And I don't want to be the person that like not toe the line, cross the line a little bit. And I don't want to be that person. I want to be the most responsible rule-following person because that's just who I am. But the U.S. has never had to do that. Maybe if you were in California. Or New York. Or New York or something. But, like, where I'm from in Arkansas, there has never been a moment where people in Arkansas could not go see their friends or could not go to the supermarket or could not go. You know, you couldn't go to church for a couple weeks, but it's like... You know, like you could still pile up on a couch in somebody's living room and, you know, watch it on the TV. Or whatever they do in Arkansas. Or whatever they do, I don't know. Farm on the, and get on the tractor. In the corn and get, on, get on the cornfield, picking their beans and cattle, whatever. I don't even know what they do anymore. I've been here for like almost eight years. So. What do they do back home? But I feel the same. I feel the same thing. I get so anxious about like that. My friends think I just don't want to come and visit them anymore. And it's not. It's not that. Like I physically am not allowed to leave the country. The borders are closed. They're not letting people leave. They're not letting people in. Not even and, with like fake doctor notes. Yeah, <laughs> I, I am a U.S. citizen and I can't leave to go to the U.S. and. And it's a huge strain on my mental health. We have been, one of my friends put on Instagram, since March of 2020, we have been in quarantine for a total on and off of seven to nine months. Isn't that insane? It's difficult to think about because I feel like I'm disassociating a little bit. And I'm, I'm, I can't. I'm, I'm astral projected like, all over the place. I'm outside right now. Bethany, come back. <laughs> Another thing has been keeping businesses open. Um, Our family owns a restaurant and it's been difficult trying to keep everybody paid well. And like we've had to make sacrifices so that our employees can retain full time. But then there's also a lot of employees that can't make it to work because it's difficult for some of the communas to obtain the correct work passes. So, you know, I think what Bethany said earlier, like supporting local is so important right now because your local small businesses 
are struggling, especially if they don't have these huge funds behind them, right? Like there's places that have chains and it's a little bit easier because they have these big hedge funds behind them. Um, but your small and medium sized, your SMEs, they're, they're struggling. So yeah. And their employees are struggling, right? You can't, if no one's coming into your restaurant or into your business, how Mm -hmm. are you supposed to pay your staff? If you are living in Chile and you really, really, like, if you are passionate like me about small businesses, message us at Chile Today podcast because I have those, that those datos. I have information. I might not have every single thing, but I really do try to do a lot of research about, like, places that sell their own sweaters or places that sell sh- really nice shampoos or cosmetics or, you know, all sorts of food. Um, so if you are a person that wants to get into that and doesn't have like the time or the mental energy to do the research, that's what I do at Gringas Go Green on Instagram. And if you're not willing, if you don't want to follow that, that's fine too. But just message us. I'll send you what that information that you need. I mean, it's, I think it's so important. You know, we have to watch out. Like we have to be a community right now. We have to support each other because, you know, it's hard. It's hard. Um, my last one is hotels question mark because if you can travel you have to quarantine for now because this could change at any second you have to quarantine for 10 days in a hotel five to ten days i don't five to ten who i don't who can say who can say because if you if you you have to take a pcr test i think it's 10 days because you have to take a pcr test once you get back and you have to quarantine for 10 days because you could show symptoms within 10 days of having a negative PCR test for something. And you have to pay for it. You have to pay for it. 250,000 pesos. That's like $300. So let's say the, or- the orders, what? The borders open up and I get to travel to see my family. I have to calculate traveling to see my family and what that costs. Then coming back, paying $300 to stay in a hotel where I'm completely isolated by myself for 10 days in order to get back home. It It's, what? Like, and also, uh, it also doesn't work. Like, the, the like back before the borders were closed, they, like, had people coming in and the whole, te- the whole like, system collapsed. People couldn't pay people $300. The airport, like... Who, people can't pay $300 for 10 days, plus what if you have to go to work and you can't go to work? And, like, come on, it's just... Oh my goodness, it just was not, again, not a good idea, Chile. Nobody thought about that. My last one is just mental health in general. Like, <laughs> send help, send us jokes, guys. We love the letters that you write us. And mm-hmm. um, anything positive is, you know, for all of you out there that are struggling, no matter where you are, just know there are resources. We talked a lot, um, a little bit about them in this episode. We're here for you. If you want us to tell you jokes, I have awful dad jokes and bethany is actually funny but um it's penguino's not and it's so mean okay no (laughs) he's throwing side eye you're throwing jabs but anyway um just do what you need to do to protect your mental health be gentle with yourself Mm -hmm. this is a super weird time to be alive we're here for you um and yeah if you feel weird or off like there's nothing wrong with you your feelings are valid Mm -hmm. and we send you so much love and light yeah and no matter where you're from like i know it's like 
people from the US don't understand what we're going through. I'm not, I don't ever want to be dismissive of anything that you are going through right. wherever you're living. It's not a competition. You're like Alicia said, your feelings are valid. Um, uh, we were just trying to make the point that's like sometimes our family, you know, d doesn't quite understand what we're going through. But there are resources online if you need specific links. Like I said, message us at Too Late Today Podcast. We're so happy to help you with anything like that. Um, and something to look forward to if you're like me needing to look forward to things in the future to get your days going by. We got that trivia. It's going to be a live stream. You can message us and talk to us live on that thingy. So just that's something to look forward to. And you might win a cool prize. Show us your knowledge. We know you're smart. You listen to us. <laughs> okay we love you guys and we hope everybody's doing great thank you so much for your energy and your time and for listening to us mm -hmm. and when in doubt bring it out ciao Bye.